You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Six years, y'all. Six years. Every one of you, whether you've been here six minutes or, or six years, 253 baptisms. There's churches that don't get that in their history. Over, over $270,000 given inside, for ministry inside Catalyst and outside in six years. I'm going to tell you, we are not a rich church. If you look at our offerings of churches that run less than we do, you'd actually feel sorry for us. But God, y'all. But God. And I could go over numbers for the last six years, and it's amazing, and I could sit here and cry and all that too, but I, I celebrate that. But what I want to talk about is 2022, this past year. Because the only way to describe 2022 and to describe what God has done is exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. 47 baptisms. Over $83,000 um, given to ministry and missions inside and outside this church. That is double what we have ever done in any other year. And we've had growth, a lot of growth over the years. It's double. Amen. Amen. And that's just not even context. When we were in January, when we were a year ago, we knew that our money was gone. We were out of money by the end of January. That was what the situation we were in at Christmas and the New Year. And we gave away more money than ever before because you think I'm up here telling you God moves when you have faith? He does. He does. We've had to, well, we've had to hold paychecks out in 2022, but he still did it because that's how he rolls. That's how he rolls. 243 kids we provided Christmas for. Y'all, that is ridiculously more than we have ever done ridiculously our attendance our average attendance grew a hundred people a hundred people so we actually churches are trying to catch up for, from COVID we're beyond COVID numbers pretty much every Sunday we've been through a lot church but God a hundred a hundred people I think that's like over 70% growth in one year our social media platforms didn't just grow. We lo I love growth, love talking about it, but I look at growth differently than I once did. Watch times grew. I'm not talking about tons of views. I'm talking about the hours. Every month, I would look at how many people were just seeing two seconds and checking out, just checking out the flavor, and how many people were engaged. The hours just skyrocketed. It's not that I don't care about subscribers and followers and give me a million views. I want to see if people are really seeking him because I don't care about a flavor. We, we, I, I don't want to grow on a flavor. I want to grow on him. Amen. And I've been seeing, and, and I've been seeing people take God up been seeing people engaged, growing. Some people don't want it, but when you do, we've been seeing, what, we've seen what God could do. I'm talking about deep change, real growth. We've seen people coming off drugs, staying off drugs. Man, we've got some history now. I see some, I see some of you single mamas, you're still sober. Now, we had a lot of people for years come in, seek the altar, and then go back to their ways and all that stuff. Now, we're seeing change, that consistent stuff. That's Jesus. Amen. That ain't just emotions, that's Jesus. 
we see, I, I see dreams coming true. Man, I, I had 2022, I did some marriages for people that I think they never thought that was going to happen. Fathers that I never thought it was going to happen. All by the way, Terry didn't smoke. Terry had her baby. Yes, sir. We celebrated. I'm pointing off road back there. Got to officiate weddings that a few years back. They didn't ever think it would happen, but they got, they've been able to see what God can do and they push themselves and they grow. I love it, man. Celebrated pregnancies, answered prayers. I love it. I've seen folks with severe PTSD in 2022 that are different people right now. I get that, man. I've been there, man. I've been there where I was so timid. I couldn't even think straight. I could, I could work a stage, but I couldn't function day to day. Families that we've seen families sponsored on our giving trees in the past sponsoring families now. That's growth. I don't care if we run 18 services. That's growth. That's growth. Real growth, real change. I've grown. I've changed a lot, a lot. And so I'm going to make this commitment. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to start set the precedent today. I'm going to preach more apologetically than ever before. I'm going to be pretty bold. You ask the staff, you ask my wife, I'm going to have to figure out how to work it with her. But I'm not playing because I've seen too much and I've seen what God could do. So can we stand to our feet because we are going to experience him more than ever. And can we just praise him for the past right now? I'm going to wake y'all up. We're going to praise him for the past but we are going to experience him more than ever. We thank God for what he's done, but we don't stop growing and get excited and complacent and stagnant because of what he's done because he has greater things, greater things. That's what he promised, and that's what I'm, I'm taking him up on. Amen. Say this with me. Say better. 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 Stay standing if you can. If you have health issues, by all means, I want you to sit down and not, I want you to be able to engage. Say better. 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 Paul said, I will show you an even better way. We're not just going to grow bigger. We're going to grow better. If you want to grow, if you want your family to grow and your marriage to grow, if you really want that real growth, you'll grow. If you don't, I'm going to be honest with you, Catalyst probably doesn't have very much for you. And if you, get, if you listen to me today, you'll see that Jesus probably doesn't either. Say better. better. Say better. better. I'm about to go ahead and start a fire, set a line, set a precedent for year six of Catalyst in week one. Once I stop dodging this, week one of a better way series. This is our vision. This is our year. We're setting the precedent in January. Uh, will you lift your hands? Uh, Lord, we want better. And not our version, not my interpretation. I don't know the details. I don't know the details for the people in the seats of this church. I just know that that's what you want for us. Better. When you say, Catalyst, say, that's what you want. Say, that's what I want. Better. Or we want it. We desire it. And if we don't, we want to desire it. Open us up to it. Speak through me, Lord. 
and use me. I don't know how you do it, but I'm grateful you do in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and set the expectation. I don't think I have to because y'all were a sleepy crowd. But we, we take the message seriously. We lock in in this time for all my new church family. We lock in. Uh, Jesus said, feed my sheep. That's my job. And I want to give my best because I'm ADD. So be mindful of your neighbor. Uh, if you Stay in your seats if at all possible. We got people with name tags that will help you. Mamas, we got places that if your baby gets fussy, we want you to be able to watch. Take care of your baby, but tell somebody, say better. Say better. And when I say be seated, tell everybody around you better. Be seated. Better. Better. We're constantly focused on growth and growing. You want to grow your bank account. You want to grow the people in your life. You want to see your business flourish. You want to see, you want to see whatever you want to see and God's put on your heart. But it's not just about growth. It's about better. Say better. better. On Mondays uh, in football practice in high school, Coach Mack, who he was intense. He was like me, but on crack, really. And um, he used to say on Mondays, nobody want to hear this. It's a great day to get better. We're going to do better. We're going to be better. We're going to be better. What does that mean? We're going to be a forward church. By the way, week one, my title is a better church. If you hadn't already figured that out. A better church. I'm not talking about just an organization. I'm talking about a people. Better better. We're going to be a forward church, a forward church. Bible says this. Bible says, therefore, let us move beyond elementary, the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward. Say forward. forward to maturity forward. Some of you, you're killing it, man. We've seen God move like never before in this church. Never seen anything like it. I love your testimonies. You're killing it in your careers. You're getting the promotions. You're getting the girl, getting the guy. Your prayer's getting answered. Your, ba- your bank account's raining. That's wonderful. It's even more reason to be better, to move forward. My son Garrett, uh, we, mo- we just moved. We just relocated to Bremen a couple months ago. Uh, he's grown up. His siblings grew up and graduated from Central. Central's a great school. Uh, and Garrett will kill it anywhere he goes because Garrett's amazing. 14-year-old doing sound back there. I'm too hard on him. Need to tell him how awesome he is more this year. He would kill it anywhere, but for several reasons. And because of this season, he is going to kill it at Bremen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Don't, don't stick it back up till I'm done preaching and we can start worshiping. That's catalyst too, by the way. You're never going to get perfect here. You're never going to get one of those from start to finish perfect. We're just going to be better. Forward. You're killing it. That's more reason to be better. Catalyst, y'all, most churches aren't growing still. They're growing a little bit slower now. Churches really didn't grow 70%. I don't know of any church around here that did. There may be some. I got more relationships I used to. But that's even more reason to grow for, say, better. 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 We're going to be better. We're going to be better. You got to be, the writer of Hebrews said, we got to be taken forward to maturity. We got to maturity. We got to move beyond some things. God is a God of forward, always. He's a God of forward. You see the armor of God, there's nothing on your behind because he's a God of forward, not retreat. Forward. What does that mean, man? What does that mean? Well, no, I'm going to tell you what it means for here. I'm going to be a better pastor. And I don't mean a better, uh, I don't mean just a better pastor. Really, when I look at my year and my vision, I need to manage this better because, yes, it has gotten a little stressful and it's because of me, not y'all, not anybody else. I'm going to take care of that. But I need to be a better parent. 
Better person. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a more patient parent. Told the family it was Angie's birthday, so yesterday we all spent time uh, around the living room and we all told her goals. I need to be more patient because and I need to be a better parent. I'm going to be a better pastor. Not bad, but I'm going to be better. We're going to be a better staff. We're going to be a better church. Better staff. Told the staff after Christmas, I said, go recharge. You're not going to like me in January. We're going to change a lot of things, and they don't even know we had a lot of meetings this week, but they ain't going to like me because we're going to be better. I'm going to be better. It's what The good news is too good for us not to grow forward. It's not about how you grow. It's not about growing. It's about how you grow. Say forward. I'm going to do yearly evaluations on, our employ- on all our staff and leadership. And I'm not even talking about paid ones. Y'all overseers probably going to have some coming your way at some point. I'm going to do things differently because it's not about just growth. It's about how you grow. I'm going to meet and I'm going to tell every staff what they're doing amazing, where they need to grow, and my future goals for them. I'm going to be honest and point blank because I realize that it's not about growth because you can grow and it grow out of your hand, and it's about growing better, better. Some of you having more money would ruin your life. Being broke is better than having a bunch of money that you can't manage. And some of you, more money just run you in the grave. You get bankrupt again. and You don't need more money. You get bankrupt with a million, bankrupt, bankrupt with nothing. You'll find a way to go bankrupt when you know how to manage money. Some of you, you want to go forward and you just want a wife. You want another shot at marriage because you just want another shot. I'm going to tell you, uh, you, need to, you need to heal first. Tell a lot of people that you can take me up on it or not because you were on husband three and you haven't healed from husband one and God is saying, I want you to move forward. You, me, before anybody else. It's hard to have a healthy marriage when you haven't healed. I almost want to say impossible, but I'm sure there's a few exceptions that have shallow marriages and they just don't, they go and have it. They make it. God doesn't want you to make it. He wants you to move forward. I've seen testimonies in this church over the years that are just unbelievable what God has done. Then they got stagnant. They stopped growing. The Bible says, teaches on the people, on dogs, it teaches on it like this, says dogs go back to their vomit and their lives are worse than before they found God because they stopped growing forward. We are going to grow forward. I'm not going to grow, we're not going to grow perfectly, but we are going to grow forward. We are going to grow forward. Some of you got big dreams, but I'm going to tell you, you cannot handle the dreams that you are wanting in your life. You need to learn to make better decisions and be more healthy, and you need to have healthier spending habits, and you can't handle what you're praying for, and God is saying we're going to be taken forward to maturity. Number one, we're going to grow forward. Six years later, it blows my mind. It is totally different than launch day 2017. And I realize that's not something to grieve at. Six years from now, we're going to look a lot different if we do this thing right. I just don't want to relearn the lessons that I learned this last six years. I want to go to new levels, new strength, and what that takes us forward. Say forward. I'm going to move fast. I'm going to preach hard uh, because I'm I'm not going to rest this message, but I'm also not going to prolong it. Say changing. We're going to be a changing church. A changing church. I want to prove to you that the the ultimate enemy of faith is the unwillingness to change. We love to put enemies out there, but the ultimate enemy is the unwillingness to change. Paul says this, Paul says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. The Greek word there for copy 
the Greek word there for copy is um, syskematizo. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> Bradford's been telling me, Bradford's been telling me I need to teach a little bit more. Syskematizo. That means this. It means it's conforming. Syskematizo means to be molded in a pattern. Cookie cutter. We fit in. We blend in. It's just as big in church culture because I'm going to tell you straight up. Church culture sometimes ain't kingdom culture or Christ-like at all. We just as unchrist-like sometimes as the people we talk about being unchrist-like. We want to we want to say we want to say we want you to you got to act this way, you got to talk this way. Got to vote this way. Got to be a certain level of hipster to be relevant. I mean, you got 40 year olds looking crazy trying to act like the 17. Get, get, man, no. You can have some skinny jeans, but you need to put some looseness in them. You need to stop that. <laughs> you welcome diversity. Man, you welcome diversity, but here's how you see diversity when you are in a, and when you uh, see yourself as you want a systematizo. Paul said, don't copy, don't conform, don't be shaped. You know how it looks in contemporary church culture? Um, it looks like this. You welcome political and, um, and, and all types of diversity, but in your heart, in your mind, you, were, you believe that when they find Jesus and your goal for your friendships and relationships is for them to look, talk, act, vote, dress, be as lame as you. And we call that Christian. No, that is syskematizo. And Paul said, do not conform. Do not be shaped. Do not, do not. And he says this, he says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Greek word there for transform is metamorpho. It doesn't mean shape or molded. It means that you change from one form to another, caterpillar to butterfly, consistent, constant change, because some of us believe we got there. Some of the things that you think, I'll die on the altar of that truth. Well, Paul said, he who started a good work in you will bring it into completion until the day of Jesus. Christ. So if you were not changing, you were not growing and the enemy of change, or the enemy of faith is the unwillingness to change. And so we are in church and we're set in some ways and we don't want to change and, and, we, and we're so set we don't budge. We're like kids when you tell them, oh, and I got, I got a stubborn or two, one, and you tell them this is what you need to do. They plant their feet and do the opposite. You do it, I do it, we all do it because we human. And that, you get set in your ways, you're going to do it this way, you're going you're to learn it this way, and that is the enemy of faith. You want me to prove it? You know who killed Jesus? It wasn't the government. It wasn't the communists and fascists. Quit sharing about all that because it wasn't anything. Rome didn't care. They weren't threatened by him. He, let, he wasn't bothering them. He didn't even talk about the issues we talk about if you really want to cross the lines of application. It wasn't the world. That's right. It wasn't the world. We loved the world. We talked the world like the world's an enemy. Everything that is not your version of church and my version, we get uncomfortable. We act like it's the enemy. The world did left Jesus alone. Rome did not kill Jesus. They just appeased the people who did because they, didn't, they, they, they were the squeaky wheel and Jesus was actually humble and quiet. It was the Jews. It was the religious people. It was his own people that did not want to change. 
they, he wouldn't conform, they wouldn't change. They wanted to systematize, and they killed him. If you want to look at the enemy in your life, my life, your faith, my faith, the enemy is not all the things that we post about and that we say the world and the country and D.C. is falling apart. The enemy of growth and what God wants to do in your life, your marriage, your finances, this church is the unwillingness to change. I hope you'll clap when I'm done because I'm going to spend a little longer on this point. The Heart Association did a study in recent years. They did a study of people that had um, terminal heart issues. And basically it was the issues that the doctors, it wasn't terminal really because the doctor said, you're gonna, if you'll change your life and change your habits, you will live. If you don't, you will die. They had a lot of uh, different cases. So there's a lot of data. Do you know that the, the study showed that 75 to 80% of those people would rather die than change? This is not a Hebrew problem. This is not a Jewish problem. This is a human problem. It is a bin, catalyst, everybody, your neighbor, Republican, Democrat, whatever you see it, it is a our heart problem. Do you know what the enemy of the New Testament church is, was? We love to talk about the people that were trying to kill them. That wasn't the people that threatened them. They killed them all, by the way. All the disciples, even John, he starved to death on Patmos. They killed them all, but it didn't kill the movement. You know what the enemy was? John says it in his epistles. He, said, he calls them anti-Christ with an S. These were people in the church that they hit ceilings and they didn't want to grow anymore and they started undermining and being aggressive. Because... It is anti-Jesus to not want to change. We, are, we love to talk about the Antichrist. Every election, this is it. This is him. I'm sure when there's a woman up there at some point, she, that's her. We'll start reading Daniel and reading into it. It was a female. We knew it all the time. John said, anti-Christ people in the church that God changed their life and they got to ceilings and didn't want to change and expand. I ain't done yet. We run church culture like corporate America culture. We are jealous. We are competitive. We exclude everybody. We like, I tell you one thing, I, don't, I will not let a leader in this church who cares a little bit too much about title and respect because that is anti-Jesus and change. It's why, people, it's why you don't see Pastor Ben on here. You, you do what you want with your kids. I don't like it. I'll answer to a lot worse things. I am a human like you. But that is a corporate culture. You better call them Pastor. Call me Ben. Angie, call, call me baby, please. <laughs> we don't like change. We don't like change. And what happens is, I can deal with it if y'all can. There's so much going on today. So um, in the New Testament church, they um, see, here's what happens. You stop growing. When you stop growing, when you refuse to change and expand, what immediately happens is your faith stops growing and you become hostile towards growth. Every time. Your story, my story, the Jewish people, that's why we end up killing the promise of God just like they did. Okay? And Jesus hit them in the heart. 
They did not want to change. He would always redirect their projection. By the way, we're all projecting when we're shifting focus on everybody else's issues. And he would always shift it. You, you guys, you guys, you're, you're putting burdens on people. You're caring too much about the outside of the cup and they weren't hearing it. They pushed him away, ended up pushing change away and then killed him. That's who killed Jesus. And Jesus, boy, he didn't hold back on them. And he told them he redirected their focus to their hearts and their households. And they killed him for it. That's who killed him. He taught in Matthew. He says this. He says, Do not, we like to just quote this one out of context. He said, quit worrying about the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own. You need to worry about the log first. When you worry about the log first. You hate daddies that have abandoned their kids, but you just paid your kids' bills, but you're not present. And when you are present, your kids wish you weren't because you're mean and you make their life miserable. So just because you're at home doesn't mean you don't need to look in the mirror and you're shifting focus. See, Jesus, their specific issues, he redirected it because Jesus is not trying to change your behavior and, and belief system, he's trying to transform, metamorpho you completely. If we want what he has, we want to change. We, we like the idea of accountability and transparency. We do. Well, you want, the, you want kids to be held accountable. They got to be held accountable. But when your little boo-boo's a turd. <laughs> Teacher, coach is guilty till proven innocent. The adult. Because you have to look in your own heart and household and we don't like that. Because we don't like change. We don't like change. We can't stand it. It is the ultimate enemy of faith is the unwillingness to change. Paul in Philippians 1, he's in prison, right? The people trying to kill him put him in prison? Not really. It was the religious people that set him up for prison. What happens when you stop growing is you want to, it becomes us versus them. You want to hang out with people that you want to, you almost only associate with people who look like, dress like, talk like, uh, the ones that give you 100 emoji comments and say, make this shareable, please, and attaboys and amens. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't roll like that. Jesus didn't roll like that. Let's not even talk about Peter. Everybody preaches on Peter. What about Simon the Zealot? This was a disciple. Simon the Zealot looked more like a radical terrorist than a church boy. Go, go read on Zealots. Thank God for an overpriced education because I got to read Zealots about Zealots. Matthew, tax collector. No, that ain't, that ain't IRS. I know you don't like them, but it's a lot worse. See, when he got paid, families lost everything. This is who Jesus associated with. They called him a friend of sinners and tax collectors. Uh, they, he included the people that we are arguing about if they can serve in the church and things like that. So you know what we do? You know how we push away change? Jesus said, quit looking at everybody else. But when we have to look in our own hearts and own household, we want to talk about gay people. We do. I want to say this point blank. We, I have never had a complaint about our inclusiveness as a church from a heterosexual person. I'll let you know if it changes. I'll tell you what I've had. I've had gay couples and gay people and single people that are same-sex attractive 
cry to me and say, thank you. I'm talking about they gave up on church. Even churches that said you can come in, they made them feel like the weird family member on Thanksgiving that you just have to tolerate once a year. That is not Jesus. It's not Jesus. Never once have I had a straight person or excuse me, a gay person complained. They cry and they say thank you because they wanted something that wasn't liturgical and traditional that was raw. I don't compromise that. Matter of fact, I told the staff this week, I said, now that we know how we grow, when we grow, we have waves of growth. We grow like 80 people in them, uh, two months. We don't grow like, we don't trickle two, three a, a month. That ain't how we roll. So I learned, I told the staff, I said, every time we grow, I'm just going to talk about gay people and clear the room of the people that don't want to change. <laughs> I'm in it too. That's why I'm talking about it today. We don't like change, man. We don't like change. We don't like change. If you're even thinking, well, where do you stand? You are hiding behind an issue to avoid looking in the mirror. I do it. You do it. Everybody does it. Jesus refocused us to our heart. That's why you don't, people, you will never see somebody who loved an addict or a parent that loved, had children with addicts out there talking about addictions are just a choice, it's selfish. No, when you buried somebody you love, it hits different than when you hide behind that issue not to look in the mirror. We don't like change. We don't like looking in the mirror and focusing on things. And Jesus got killed because he included the people that they wanted him to change, he wouldn't change. And we're arguing about people that Jesus included and honestly had on the front row of his ministry, if I'm being honest. It was the tax collector, not the church guy, that when Jesus told the parable of the two that went to the temple to pray, it was the tax collector. Oh, God. Tell the truth, son. Tell the truth. It was the tax collector who beat his chest, Jesus said. That's right couldn't even look to heaven and said, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said it was the Pharisee, the religious, the church boy that said, thank God I'm not like him. We all do it. Can you lift your hands right now? Lord, forgive us. We repent. I do the same thing. It's easy to hate the people that hurt me not to look at my own heart. It's easy to hate the people who are, or to not like the people that I don't see it the same way, Lord. I know I'm getting older, which means I'm getting more set in my ways too, but Lord, forgive me. Forgive us for reshifting, constantly shifting focus to things so that we don't have to look at our own hearts, Lord. You love us. Help us see it. Help us address our issues, Lord. Transform our churches, our houses, our family, our marriages. In Jesus' name, amen. Speaking of forgiveness, uh, we're going to be a forgiven church. A forgiven church. We have been wounded, this world. We have been wounded, wounded. We live in a wounded world. We need healing. Churches need healing. Everybody needs healing. And I'm going to tell you, being human, you're, being hurt is just part of being human. You're going to get hurt. People are going to hurt you. You are going to hurt people. Don't sit here and act like you ain't never hurt nobody when you get hurt. I, I know that I've had the privilege and the honor and, of doing ministry, which means I've seen the messiness of everybody. 
I've had people that are in public office sit in my office. I get to see it all. And for some people, they can't handle that. For me, it's helped me because I get to see the good, the bad, and what God does through it all. Amen. Through it all. And I will tell you this. Oh, and just so you know, so you don't feel disconnected from me, a lot of you don't know my story. I've been as hurt as anybody in this room. I've been as betrayed as, I've been as church hurt. Church hurt ain't an excuse. Ain't, I actually can speak for my family. Ain't nobody in this room been more church hurt than me, but it is not an excuse not to come to the table when God says come to the table. Amen. And you will not heal. You will not heal not coming to the table. You will not, online, I love you, you will not heal sitting on that couch if you're sitting on that couch trying to play it safe. You will stay safe, but you will not heal. You will not heal flipping out on everybody. You will not heal becoming callous and inward and staying on the couch watching YouTube when God has called you to do more than listen to a sermon and worship to an awesome band. He's called you to connect. You don't come in this place thinking you just got something to consume. You got something to give. You just don't know it yet. You need to grow and find it out. We are going to be a forgiven. We are not going to be a wounded church. We're going to be a healing church. Jesus was suffocating to death on the cross. Suffocating to death, y'all. They're literally picking on him. They are, they are taking shots at him and he is suffocating to death. And it says, it says this, man, oh my gosh, forgive us. He's, he says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And watch this, I love the next line. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. They kept on doing what they were doing, but his heart was wide open on that cross even though he was being killed and his heart was open to the people he was being killed by. We are not going to stay wounded. If you are on the outside in, looking in, in your life and in your faith, it is not on who hurt you at this point. It is on you. You choose to stay wounded. You choose to keep blaming everybody else and shifting focus. You choose to keep trying to shift the focus to everybody else who's messed up and talking about everybody else's issues because when we don't want to grow and change and move forward, what we do is we want to focus on secondary issues, everybody else's issues, and we're just plain petty. And I'm going to tell you, you stay wounded it's because you chose to, not because of who hurt you, not because of your mama, daddy, your ex. Doesn't matter the story. We choose to say better. Better. We are not gonna, we are gonna be a forgiven church. And lastly, we are going to be an alive church. An alive church. The New Testament church, it says this, it says, with great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Not on a stage. In them all. Everybody was a part of it. God was working in everybody's life. We are not going to be a dead church. We are not. I'm going to tell you one thing. This is the sleepiest crowd I've had in months, and I'm probably not going to let you be sleepy next week. Matter of fact, let's, let's take care of that now. We are not going to be a dead church. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and move this for all my people to see. Uh, Everybody who's been here long knows I despise the Georgia Bulldogs. Ooh, I'm about to fall off stage. Y'all know it's going to come at some point. So check this out. Uh, I'm going to throw up in my mouth teaching this. 
a little bit, but it's true, so I'm going to teach it. Um, uh, I hope, I'm going to give a disclaimer, I hope that TCU beats the brake shoes off of them tomorrow. <laughs> However, I doubt it's going to happen, but I'm still going to pray about it. Um, but here's the thing about this culture. This culture's alive. I'm talking about Bama level alive. Talking about before Stetson Bennett proved all y'all Georgia haters wrong and he did what no five star my whole life's been able to do. These jokers packed the house. They're a lot, they're Bama level energy and they ain't won 15 million titles and had the best coach to ever do that. I hate it. But I'm gonna tell you something. That culture right there, that culture right there, they show up. They show up. They don't complain about the temperature. It's, by the way, it's a little hot in here. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to have a little colder next week because I'm tired of this. They don't complain about the temperature. Hot, cold, they dress accordingly and they show up. 40 years, ain't got much to cheer for. Empty trophy case, that's them. Amen. That's Sanford Stadium. That's it, that, that's a culture. That's their culture. Hey, hey, say amen, please. We, we in church. <laughs> this right here is an alive culture. Let me tell you straight up, nobody, you don't hear complaints about how dark it is. And by the way, if you ever fail in the dark here, I get that. People are like, hey, we need to keep the lights up. Nope, you show up at 11, you, you'll have a light to walk in and show up for 11. Because <laughs> these jokers, they there 30 minutes for game time. I've been there. You don't have to worry about 30 people, biggest crowd. Some of them, we got 40 people in here where worship starts. That's an alive culture right there. You know what? We get complaint. We get no complaints about the smoke we use and, and the volume of our music. I want to give a disclaimer there. I saw everybody's survey. I, we had a lot of people talking about the, we're working on it. We're going to be better. But let me tell you why we have it loud in here, dark, and where you can. Because if you can see, hear your neighbor, you're not going to worship because you know they can hear you subconsciously. I'm anal. I'm OCD. That's who I am. It's going to be dark because if you can see your neighbor, you're thinking about what they're thinking about you and you're not worshiping. Everything we do here, it is not for show. I'm over the top, but I want a live culture. I want people worshiping and seeing God. So we're going to work on it. I don't want it to be piercing. I know we're going to want, we don't want it to be piercing, but I want it to be loud enough where you ain't thinking about your neighbor or your bills next week because the volume's loud. The volume's loud here. I don't like big crowds, man. It makes me talk too much. Got a lot of anxiety. If you only knew. I'm diagnosed with anxiety disorder. Just ain't who I used to be. They loud there. And if you show up at Sanford Stadium, they're loud too. Our band's just not very appropriate sometimes. It's not church appropriate. Well, you show up at Sanford Stadium and still go to church on Sunday. It's a live culture. They talk, they just talk about money in the church too much. They don't, they, they, we don't, they require money. You don't get in without it. Go ask Billy Ozier, man. I love my Ozier family. Joker's had season tickets. He pays for them for like 60 years. And before the national title, you have to give a humongous donation before you get season tickets. We don't even require it. They don't just talk about it. You don't get in the game without taking out a loan. But they're alive. They're alive. That's the culture we're going to be. They're alive. They don't talk about it. They don't get mad when we talk about it. They are alive. 
Ain't no complaints about the children's ministry. And did, did somebody say hey to me? You get rated R there. Ben ain't even rated R like that. That is an alive culture. And we got the King of Kings. And you may have lost sight of it. I lost sight of it, y'all. I did. I lost sight of it. We started a church and, and I got caught up in the growth and the flavor and being different. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to be alive. We're going to be alive. Can we throw that verse up? Because they just took my notes. It's okay. Tuck it up, Dorinda. Can we throw that verse, Acts 4 up? It says, with great power, energy, enthusiasm, life. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. Better. 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 Will you stand to your feet? Better. Better. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.